Class is now in session with another billionaire lessons. It's been a minute since I recorded a podcast and you know I've been trying to do a lot of intentional work of just figuring out purpose, right? Life is hard when we're on this journey with Christ, we're on this journey figuring out how we're gonna progress as men. And I had one person that I had in mind that would be perfect for this conversation. It's my boy Jamie Wood. Um, you know, through my process of just trying to figure out life and accountability and trying to be a better person in general, you know, he's been instrumental and just helped me through my process. I remember when I started this role at Ohio State, you reached out. I remember when I even just was started on campus, you know what I'm saying? You were one of the first black men that I met, um, and you always show love. You always was pivotal in just helping me grow and being a good sounding boy. So I appreciate you, bro. No I'm happy to have you on the show. And let's rock out, man. So, Jamie, before I go too deep into our conversation, um, how about you introduce yourself? Oh, no doubt. Thanks, Kamani. I appreciate you uh, just bringing me on board. Uh, I know I've watched episodes and, and listened to episodes time and time again. I really appreciate the conversations that you bring forth. I think the questions you ask and, and the people that you have on, uh, you don't just pick anybody. So, it's an honor um, for me. I am Jamie Wood. I am uh, born and raised here in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, moved around here and there, um, but I would say I'm a Buckeye through and through. Uh, for me, you know, being from Columbus, Ohio State, you know, it was always in my backyard. And um, now working at Ohio State, graduating from Ohio State, uh, I think it's true that I, I bleed scarlet and gray. <laughs> but um, more about me, I'm a, I'm a family man. I got younger siblings. I'm the, the oldest of five others, so uh, oldest of six, um, between my mom and my dad, uh, who are both happily remarried. And uh, I really appreciate that role I play in my, in, in my family's life. And uh, hasn't always been perfect. Uh, life is a journey, for, that's for sure. But um, that's one of my, one of my things I really, I really look up to, uh, just being a big bro. And uh, I've got loving parents, uh, mom lives in Atlanta. My dad lives here in Pickerington. My, with both my step parents uh, living in their respective places as well. So, um, just man, just family, man. I, I love uh, just life. Um, I'm really in a, in a growing phase right now in my life transition. Um, you know, 2020 has obviously been a challenge for a lot of people. That's a fact. Um, and then personally, it's it's been a, it's been a challenge, but it's been one of the most grow like I would say like intentional growth growing years for me and uh, I don't I don't think if you know things didn't slow down and things didn't shake uh, how they how they did for me I don't know if I would be where I'm at right now my man so Jamie I know a lot of conversations we was having bros just the, the work that we do within ourselves right um you know I realized we all have areas for improvement, all have areas to grow. Um, and sometimes the hardest thing to do is look at, yo, where does a lot of bullshit come from, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, I realized like last year, I was projecting out, I was hurting people, <clears throat> I was disappointing people, I was even disappointing myself, right? And I'm like, yo, where is this coming from? Where is this stemming from? That work you gotta do to realize like, yo, if I don't work on me, I'm going to end on bleeding on people and hurting people that wasn't a part of the damage. Not at all. Right? Yeah. So now let's talk about why is it key and what and what did your journey look like when it comes to working on your inner self? Like, why did you feel like that was so pivotal? Well, I will start with saying, bro, like, for me, that journey is never ending. Uh, so 
it's not a destination. It's it's really like a it's it's a continual process of self discovery, um, self evaluation, pivoting, shifting. Um, for me, man, I think if I think back to where my life started, um, I was born to, you know, two parents. You know, my mom and my dad had me in high school, bro. Uh, 16, 17 years old, and uh, you know, to be to be for real, man, they were they were kids. They were kids raising uh, raising a kid, and uh, I've had supportive grandparents, supportive family, just in general. Um, and, and you know, for me, I think looking at that situation, obviously at 16, 17 years old, I wasn't a part of the plan. <laughs> it wasn't a plan deal. And I think, man, for a lot of my life, I have, for whatever reason, I've internalized that as like I'm a failure, I'm a mistake. Mm. Just being born as a quote unquote mistake, uh, slip up. Um, I think as I progressed through life and I knew my parents were super young and, you know, I'm getting, I'm, I'm living with mom and visiting dad, having to kind of navigate that type of stuff and really not knowing how to really process and understand that as a kid. Um, I, I look less, I look down on myself. And I think if people would look at me and how, how people perceived me, I think they would think I was always a joyful, smiling, mm-hmm. super athletic, yep. had it all together. But um, what I'm realizing more and more is like, yeah, I've achieved a lot. Yeah, I've, I've, I am a, a easygoing person. I do have a lot to be thankful for. And I'm, I'm privileged in a lot of ways. But um, internally, I, I have a lot of things that I fight um, just within my own self-worth and my own value and just seeing myself as a, a valued and loved individual just out of who I am and not necessarily what I do um, and just kind of getting caught up in that performance thing. Um, but I think it's extremely important to understand and really look at how you define yourself. And I think that's the starting point um, to really walk in this thing out with purpose and with intentionality. So do you feel like you like know how to define yourself now or is that still a working process? I think I know the right answer. Okay. I think it's a daily reminder. And I even, even throughout the day, I got to remind myself. Because um, when you go through trials and when you go through life with people, imperfect people, there are situations that make you question your value. Um, when you're stretched and when you're challenged in ways that aren't comfortable, um, aren't necessarily comfortable to you, you, you may begin to question yourself. But I think what I'm realizing is like deep down, like that... What I do is important. It's important to do your work well, to excel, to, to try to achieve, to, to do your best. But then again, in your effort and in your attempts to do your best, when you fall short, which you will, mm-hmm. in some capacity, one, what are you measuring yourself off of? Who are you comparing yourself to? When you compare yourself, then yeah, somebody's going to be better, somebody's going to be worse. But if you're just giving your all out of this is who I am and I always give my best and this doesn't necessarily define me. This is me giving my best to the world. Um, I think it, it frees you from that identity, that knock on your, you know, your worth and your self-value. It's crazy that you talk about that. Like, um, me and a friend of mine, Ed, we were talking about, like, 
in college, right? Mm -hmm. We was a student government. Um, we were always a part of organizations that kind of like defined us, right? Mm -hmm. um, we played football, you know, that was an mm -hmm. identity thing that defined us, right? Yeah. So when you take that all away, you take away the football, being active in school, like who are you, mm -hmm. right? Who are you when you take all of that shit away? And I had to really look at myself like, damn, like who am I? Right. Um, and I struggled with that. And I said, again, I say, especially when it comes to men, I've seen a lot of men having these identity issues. Mm -hmm. One, how society paints how a man is supposed to be, how social media paints mm -hmm. how a guy is supposed to be. Now you throw in a sense of just race, right? As a black man, how are you just supposed to show up? You have to be dominant. Alpha, strong, mm -hmm. all of this at all times, right? You got to be the get money dude. You got to be... There's so many things that society tries to define us as. But when you look in the mirror, how do you define yourself? That's and I think important. that's the hardest thing, the hardest struggle. And being comfortable when you look at it, right? When you look at it, you're not conforming to what everybody else wants you to be. And you finally are comfortable of like, yo, how God created you to be. Hmm. That's a whole different story. And and it took me a while to walk in that, right? Like at first, like I'm a God-fearing man. You know, I love God. I love the church. I love my, my the steps that I'm taking. But hmm. I used to be ashamed to talk about it. I used to um, be worrisome of how other people would view me, what they would think about me, all these other things. And I'm like, yo, does that even matter? Somebody's going to feel it. You being true to who you are, somebody's going to feel it. And you can't let people's, um, you know, trying to create their own image of you or what you they think you should be and how you should show up, mm -hmm. define and put potential on you. Man, right? yeah, you, you're speaking right there because that, that's something that I've realized when I talk about that whole performance deal and, and, and feeling the need to perform and show up, like... To me, I lived a lot of my life trying to give people what I thought they wanted. I mean, even down to like how I was raised and not that there's no wrong in this, but I was always taught to, to use my manners, to, to be respectful, to, to be not like, and, and those are good things to learn and to, to, to be advised to do. But I think um, in a lot of ways, it can become performative. It can become, and look, this like, and people would say it like this is a try hard or like it's kind of weird if I'm always using my manners and because more not everyone does that That's but right. but for me I think how I did that and where it came from like you can do all the right things but if your motives aren't right and and it's not coming from a a pure place um it, you could be quote unquote manipulating and trying to like present the best whatever to other people like. There are days where I don't feel like being the nice guy. Yo, I want to talk about that, bro. Yeah. I want to talk about that, right? So uh -huh. I think um, a lot of times being the good guy, the nice guy, blah, mm -hmm. blah, blah, like I've gotten comments that were made to me yeah. like you're too nice mm -hmm. or like this can't be real. I'm like, nah, I was like, I literally was brought up this way. My mom taught me respect. My mom taught me how to be chivalrous. Like my mom told me how to present myself again as a man. Like I was raised by a single mom, you mm -hmm. feel me? So... There'll be times when my mom never walked through the door first. Like, she used to wait, say, like, oh, you, the door. You gonna open you the door. Open the door. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Or, like, when we had a restaurant, <laughs> I don't think she taught like me my these mom. things. Yeah. She told me these things. So now that's how I present myself at all times, and that's just how I am. Mm -hmm. And But sometimes now, 
when I feel like it's getting taken advantage of, what people aren't appreciating or reciprocating these things, I'm like, yo, damn, F that. Like, F mm-hmm. the things that I learned, why mm-hmm. don't I just show up how everybody's used to being treated, right? Mm-hmm. Because nowadays, people treat each other with so much disrespect, so much, like, the bare minimum. Or it's, trans- or it's like, conditional. Mm-hmm. Like, tit for tat. tat like, yep. yeah, so, to- so how do you stay within that, bro? How do you stay pure and stay true to who you are despite people not really appreciating or accepting that. Hmm. I, I would say I'm still learning that. But I, I think for me, I try to... The way that I view people, I always view the best in people. Sure. And I try to, to try to give people what I want from people. <laughs> and, and give them what I think they need. Right. Um, I think I have a really good sense of like understanding people. Um, and, and some people that I, again, wishing the best and kind of thinking the best. Sometimes people aren't don't have your best interest in mind, that's and right. so in doing that and in kind of leading that way, which I think that's the risk I'm willing to take because if I'm coming from love and that, and you don't know how to receive that and you take advantage of it, I'm cool with that. Like mm-hmm. I'd rather you hurt me that way than for me to to be reserved and for me to put on this front of being this tough guy and like. Or this asshole that I'm yeah. not. <laughs> right. Like, because that's not who I am. And so what I'm learning now, like, love is a risk, bro. And, and leading out of love, um, that that's a risk that I think we all should be willing to take. Yo, remember, I think we talked about this. It was a sermon that I listened to, and it spoke about, you know, love is free, mm-hmm. but access must be gained. Right. Mm-hmm. So people and I think I forgot about that part. Like I wanted to be so accessible to people. Yo, I'm here anytime you need me, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. But like, nah, they really people have to earn that access in your life mm-hmm. by being consistent, by giving you the love that they need, that God needs to be at the core of the relationship, all these things. Like we be giving out access freely. Mm-hmm. Like, no love. Yo, it takes nothing for me to love you, to show you love and do these things. But in reality, not everybody should have access to you. And I believe that's about setting boundaries for yourself. Man. Uh, we had these conversations. So for <laughs> you, let's also um, kind of dive into that. How are you, how do you discern, right? Yeah. Who's supposed to be in your life? Who kind of, you know, should be let go? How to move away from the toxic in situations? Like, what is your process of discerning who to keep on to and love, right? Yeah. And, and, and give what you have and who to let go and doesn't deserve access from Jamie. So um, that's a great point, and I think it's, it's it's a challenge for a lot of people. I think in this information heavy, you know, social media show show your life, uh, you know, era that we're in, and I'm guilty of that. I think what what I'm learning, like the the number one, the first person I need to give access to love is to myself, mm-hmm. and I think what I'm realizing is more more and more people. Like we, we struggle to spend time with ourselves. We struggle to give ourselves what we need in the form of love or the form of like patience and the form of forgiveness. And I think that's the, that's where it starts. And I, I was reading something yesterday, listening to a John Maxwell like leadership podcast, and and, I, and he was just talking about how the most important example of leadership that you you can offer to this world is it starts with how you lead yourself. That's a fact. And so for me, what I'm when I hear that, I think about all the 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 achievements that I've had, the, the captain of my high school team, the All American, the like playing at Ohio State, working at Ohio State, be, being put in like leadership roles and opportunities. Right. 
Um, but but as I'm realizing and as I'm like being forced to slow down this year, being forced to look in the mirror this year, I'm realizing, man, I struggled with leading myself. Mm. I struggled with leading myself, and I think I struggled with loving myself. That's and right. I think it, it, it can go hand in hand, man. Yo, and I think it's a struggle sometimes as a man, mm -hmm. right, um, in order to remember the importance of loving yourself because we've learned, again, through societal <clears throat> things, um, how we need to pursue, we need to love, we need to give these things to, to women or to the job or to mm -hmm. these other situations, but it's like... We cannot be our best selves to others if we're not our best to ourselves first. That's real. Right? So that's something I had to really look at and still a struggle for me because mm -hmm. I've been raised my entire to life not be selfish. to not be selfish and to love. And then I heard something from Jerry Flowers that hit me so hard. It was like, I love so hard because when I grew up, it was a struggle to be loved. Mm -hmm. Right? So sometimes we give love, we give love so much because when we were growing up, we didn't receive mm -hmm. that certain love or we didn't really understand and comprehend what love looked like, right? No. From our parents. Like, a lot of things my mom used to say back in the day, yo, I'm doing this out of love. I'm like, yo, what? Like, you <laughs> just whipped my ass. How are you doing that out of love, right? But at the no, end of the day... This is love. I don't want that. <laughs> but now I understand it. You know right, what I'm saying? Like, right. it was a lot of times my mom would tell me no. And she was like, yo, I'm, trust me, trust me, I'm doing this out of love. Now I understand that. I understand mm -hmm. she told me no for me to really understand patience. She told me no to help me understand, yo, that points of waiting for something and then being grateful for it when you finally get it mm -hmm. right so she and i'll never forget a conversation i had with her not too long ago around christmas i was like when i was growing up i was so many things that i felt like i didn't get i didn't get i didn't get and she was like but what you're not realizing what are the things that you actually received that you stopped being grateful for mm -hmm. because i think last year especially in 2020 we lost sight of Everything we lost sight of, like yo, being able to go outside and yo, Jamie, meet me at happy hour, right? Mm -hmm. Hanging out with your friends, showing love to your loved ones, all these things. So gathering that appreciation, and I think that's important for us to realize, bro. In the sense of like loving ourselves, is the things that we cannot forget. Mm -hmm. The importance of when you waking up, every, we wake, we woke up every day last year, and it's hundreds, thousands of people that did not wake up in twenty twenty, right? Mm -hmm. That's why I always, my, my tweets, bro, it's, it's a great day to be alive. Talk about that. It's a great day to be alive. Because if you start with that, man, it, like, what it, like everything else from there, you have the choice to make it <laughs> align with that statement. That statement is, if I wake up and I'm able to tweet, or if I wake up and I'm able to say that when I wake up, because there are times, honestly, I, I wake up and say, it's a great day to be alive, bro. Mm -hmm. And, and and I truly believe that, man, because not everybody gets that opportunity. That's a fact. And, and so I, I think what I heard from you there is like gratitude is a choice. Mm -hmm. And I and like looking at my my childhood situation I talked about earlier, being born, you know, 16, 17 years old, having to choose between who I wanted to live with. I had siblings here that I lived with for an extended amount of time. And then I pieced out and went and lived here and. Just, just the challenges that, that that brought that for me, man, it was just confusing. I think as a child to try to be and be a, a son and a good child and a, a good sibling in two different homes that were ran two different ways. And so I think on a good end, on one end, bro, it, it's it's made me very adaptable. I can move into different spaces. Um, but but just looking at that situation, you know, I can look at my step parents and my my siblings, and I can look at 
look at it as like, man, like I'm I'm not I'm the only one that is not by both my parents, or I'm the only one by my parents. Or I could look at it as, man, I got an extra set of parents. Right, right, yeah. I got an extra set of people that love me. Because most people in that 16, 17 years old, if they have a child at that age, they're oftentimes, they don't stay together or they don't, dad might peace out, mom might, whatever. Like, right. And I was fortunate to have four loving parents um, on, on each side. Yeah, four loving parents that... That, that I would say I defy the odds if you want to look at statistically within the black family and black homes that were born in that type of situation. So, yeah, man, so, it's, it's gratitude. So I can look back on my life and appreciate that now. And I go ahead. Nah, bro. That gratitude part is very important. And I want to take us back. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. Jamie is one of my biggest inspirations. Um, always been. But last year specifically, I would say you inspired me. So, um, 2019 is when Jamie and I started working out together. It was the summer of 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we was working out with each other for months on end. And then last year, I never forget it was around May. You know what I'm saying? And that's when you took on like your fitness journey, like going Man. hard. Yeah. And Jamie, you went from like 230 something, right? To about 210. Yeah, right? 206. Right? And my boy is cut up. <laughs> um, not anymore. But you, <laughs> but you, you made the decision. You made the choice to love yourself enough to take care of your temple. Man. And I think that's something. I never shout out to Ed again. He said, "Yo, you have to live in this body every single day. Why not take care of it?" Mm. So you made the decision last year mm-hmm. to to create new dietary habits for yourself, new fitness goals for yourself. Um, like, let walk me through that. The, walk me through that choice first. Because not every, people work out, people whatever you know. Mm-hmm. But you made the choice to actually have a lifestyle change. So walk me through that choice and what that journey looked like. So for me, man, uh, come March, right at the end of shoot, it was right before the COVID stuff really broke out. Um, me and my ex-wife decided to part ways, and uh, like whenever you get married you don't plan to get divorced mm-hmm. so so when i talk about transition i talk about life shaking it like like life being shaken up that was a that was a pivotal moment um similar to like my shoulder injury that ended my career um getting divorced at that time and it it, it was it was a challenge and so one of the ways that i knew and one of the things i knew i wanted to change about me i was shoot i went from like i was at 260 260 pounds. You know, I'm coming from playing in college ball at 212. My normal body, probably 200 Mm -hmm. to 215. Gotcha. But, yeah, I was 260, man. And and really, what you saw in my body was what was going on inside. I was was obese internally. I I was not taking care of myself. I was not. And and so a lot of the food, I think, was coping. It was... was, Something comfort to do. Foods, it was right? comfort, the ice though. cream, the cookies, all of it, all of it. And, <laughs> right. and to the extreme too. And so, my fitness journey at that time, again, that was my therapy. That was something I knew I could control. Uh, when when life was uncontrollable at that time, I could control that. I started with just running. Um, I started with just getting out, running a mile, slow, <laughs> and then I just continued to build and continue to build, man. And, and I think one of the biggest lessons I learned is. And I'm also digging into some financial stuff now is just the, the compounding interest. And I think the same thing applies to anything else you do in life. If you do a little bit every day, um, I, I talk about, you know, people think home runs, you know, get you to the Hall of Fame. They might if you do it a lot, but, it, but if you hit singles consistently, 
you'll get in the Hall of Fame as well. And so I took that mindset and that approach. Um, and then I also became more conscious about what I was consuming. Um, I used the Fitness Pal app, and it's more like strategic and methodical, which is a little bit extra work. But it, again, the consciousness, when you see numbers tied to what you're eating and you, you're trying to put more order in your life, and I had to put more order instead of just like, I'm going to just eat when I feel. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to eat more so, more routine um, based off of what I need. And, and, and I changed my mindset around food to where it's fuel. It's not just food. Mm-hmm. And so my body is a machine. My body <laughs> needs premium uh, fuel. Um, if, unless, you know, I might be the, what is, what's the other one? 90, what's, what's the? 87? The unleaded, yeah, yeah. The unleaded or the, the, pre- the, the premium, man. So... I want I wanted to be premium and and I I did have a pretty significant transition in my physical body. I'm proud of it. That's dope, bro. I love it. Um so another thing that we discussed, you mm-hmm. know, last year a lot of just um the process of healing, especially when things don't go right in your life, right? Yeah. Like, you know, a transition in your relationship with your wife yeah. and a divorce, it took a certain toll on you. You know, we spoke about therapy. We spoke about really like those tough moments and tough times. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I, I struggle with this a lot because when it comes through heartbreak, when it comes through disappointment, when it comes to letting people go, mm-hmm. man, it's tough, right? Yeah, it's it very tough. So let's talk through that process of like, okay, when you're healing mm-hmm. from you gave, this was a situation, this was a, somebody you still love, of mm-hmm. course, you know what I'm saying? But you have to let it go. And you have to give it to God and give that order, right? Mm-hmm. So let's walk through it. What that healing process looked like for you. Was it difficult? Was it like, damn, I don't know what to do? Like, what did that What did that entire journey look like for you? Man, it, it was, uh, for me, again, going back to this performance and this persona and my reputation and being well known and well liked, it was a it was a a blatant you know L you know what I mean it was a it was an L <laughs> and, and so and I say L not necessarily a loss I think it was a lesson mm-hmm. um, we talking about billionaire lessons man That's this that was a, a very uh, now now I see the lesson in it um, if that wouldn't have occurred. I'm not sure if I would be where I'm at internally, spiritually, mm. even physically, um, because I was really just going through the motions. I wasn't happy. Um, we weren't growing together. Uh, there were some family issues that had not been addressed that, you know, once that was stripped away and, and, and you know, we made that decision, I'm left with me. <laughs> and I and And so... When you gotta go home and, and, and when you're by yourself, there's no <laughs> there's no wife to fix. You know what I mean? There's no spouse to fix. There's no anything, man. But I had to look at me. And so when I start looking at me, I start seeing, man, there's some things that Jamie needs to work on. Separate of ex-wife, separate of his family, separate of this job. And what I did, man, is I actually, you know, brought some intention to that. When, when we talk about therapy, when we talk about uh, journaling, when we talk about reading, um, I just began to fill myself up. And then it also came with like just forgiving myself, man. Understanding that like, you know, people divorce all the time. And I think for me, being a Christian and having a, a, a faith that I believe in dearly, you know, I don't think God wanted me to get a divorce. 
Um, you know what I mean? But I also think God uses broken, like things breaking to, to bring healing. Uh, where one thing ends and th another thing begins. And, and I think when you talk about even just the whole principle of, of Christ, man, and, and just the death bringing life, um, I, I would compare a divorce and what that did for me. Uh, it was a resurrection of a new Jamie. Mm. That's real, bro. Um, we was having a conversation a lot. You know, we, we watch these these sermons that talk about relationships and we talk about different things like that. Mm -hmm. um, and we talked about the process of like when after you get out of a relationship, a lot of times we see people kind of jump into new ones. Mm. Or we see people um, <laughs> kind of lead people along. You still got old baggage and, 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 and skeletons in your closet. Mm -hmm. And I think we was having a conversation. Was it you? I, I feel like it was you. Probably was. We was talk about, about this stuff all the time. We was talking about taking out the garbage. The right? trash, bro. Yeah. Taking out the trash. And like, you probably could only carry two. You know what I'm saying? You have to get back, go back for the other ones. But a lot of times we got to work on taking out the trash. Mm -hmm. And we still got more trash left. But I think we, we try to jump so quick. Uh, after we took out two, thinking, ah, oh, I can get the other one later on, right? Nah, in mm. reality, bro, we still got more to take out. And before we even have a clean house and everything else, we've got to step by step take out the trash and make sure that we don't get into any new situations unless God says so. Um, and I know for you, you had to be intentional and be mindful of not... Uh, I know the devices are there, mm. right? The temptation is there. So how don't you stay... Um, in that and how do you hold tight when the temptation and, and you're moving on like yo you're, you're a single man now mm -hmm. right how do you stay make sure that you're not um, kind of leading into temptation and, and following God's order for your life man um, for, for me yeah you be careful uh, for me I, I think it's it's I think being mindful of, of who I surround myself with how I spend my time who I spend my time with and um I think with heightened awareness, man, like with awareness, there comes a burden of responsibility. That's a fact. And, and I think because I know myself better and because I spent time to to know myself better, uh, it, it it's forced me to think twice about some of the things that I may have done by default in the past. Um, I'm also, I mean, five, I was married five years, so... So I, I would feel I feel as though I'm a little bit more mature than I was at 24 when I got married, and so the temptations there, the desires there. I'm I'm still a man and I still yeah. like women, um, but I understand. I think the long game is what I want to play. I don't want to play the short, you know, the 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 microwave society that we live in, which is instant in front, gratification. Yeah. And right, right. to be for real, bro, like <laughs> it's it's not gonna do. I mean. It, it's it's not gonna do anything for for her or for me and 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 in all actuality, man. If if I'm not if I don't see a future in her, it's really just me taking. It's me uh, just just taking from her and being selfish in that way. That's a fact. And I was I was watching something not too long ago, and it was talking about how when we give ourselves to multiple people, how can you expect to be whole mm -hmm. if we have ourselves spread out? 
with different people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, uh, you know, Deron Franklin, I read all his books and I read... All um, yeah, all of his books. Yeah. <laughs> read all of his books. And, yeah. and he talks he about, got some good stuff. Yeah, and he talks about the vices and he talks about how we oftentimes are just feeding the flesh but not feeding the soul. Mm-hmm. Um, and like that soul food, right? The soul mm-hmm. food is the word. The soul food is the music that we listen to. The soul food is the people that we sound, surround ourselves with. Um, so... How have you also been intentional of like feeding your soul, right? Like we talk about Christ, we talk about all For these sure. other things, but it's big, also, also bigger than the spiritual realm. It's, it's people, also, man. Yeah, it's people, it's the lifestyle. So mm-hmm. how has that helped you not feed the flesh, but feed your soul? I think God, God uses people, man. I, I think everybody thinks of like, you know, go read a, read the Bible, go watch a church service, um, go watch a sermon. But I think. What I'm realizing more and more is that God is using the people that I have relationships with um, for me to one uplift and encourage, but also for me to be encouraged and to be uplifted uh, by people like yourself, man. You uh, you inspire me. I think we 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 always fluctuate between that student and teacher role. Yeah. And I think we go back and forth. And I, I think what I've been more mindful of is like, man, there are more often than not, I am the student in these experiences. Mm. And, and and I'm trying to understand, man, what life is trying to teach me through this interaction, through so-and-so not answering my call. Like, mm. and you know, there are feelings of rejection that come up. Yeah. Why didn't you answer my call? Like, but but what's what what story am I telling myself? Is it legitimate? Is it real? Or am I just is it rooted in something else? And what I'm realizing more and more, man, is like some of those interactions and some of those internal battles and feelings are tied to some some stuff that may have happened in my childhood that I didn't, I never, I never understood and I never addressed and I didn't know how to emotionally, um, get out of my system. Um, and so I just carried on as an adult. Now that's a good topic to talk about as we transition into, you know, our younger selves and healing that process, For right? Sure. Like you always hear about, oh, you got daddy issues or you got this, that, and the other, right? Yeah. Um, and I realized we can't carry out that excuse forever. What we don't heal with now and work on now, we're passing that down to our kids and mm-hmm. our kids' kids and our kids' kids. It's generational things, mm-hmm. right? So I had to look at myself and in my relationship with my pops, right? There's a lot of times when I wanted him to be there for me when I was playing sports growing up. Mm-hmm. So now when I have a friend or somebody that doesn't show up, it takes me back to that space mm-hmm. with my dad. I didn't show it's the same pain. It's the same pain, right. right? So I had to look at how I have to forgive my father for not showing up in these times. And, I, and again, being grateful for who I had there always in my corner mm-hmm. was my mom. You know what I'm saying? So I think a lot of times we put so much focus on what didn't happen or who wasn't there and have less appreciation for the people that was actually there in that process. Oh, you're right. Um, 100%. Yeah. And again, bro, we're older. You know what I'm saying? We're older now. We have so many things that we need to really, really be intentional to Mm -hmm. work on, bro. We can't have the same excuses. We can't keep on fucking up our lives. We can't Mm -hmm. keep on doing the same shit when we have people that that are dependent on us, right? Mm -hmm. We talk about leadership. I was on a um I was on a Bible study. I was talking about leadership in our lives. Like, why do we go through situations? We go through situations because God puts us on us because somebody needs to carry that burden. Mm-hmm. Somebody needs to carry that because He's equipping us and armoring us to do better moving forward. No because doubt. we're gonna lead the next generation. We're gonna mm-hmm. lead our kids or um, or students that's going through certain times. And I know for you, you had that that the constant battle and constant situation when it came to your own family and mm-hmm. having these tough conversations and you have to put pride aside and humble yourself yeah. in order to work those relationships right mm-hmm. so let's talk about that a little bit how did you work on like your younger self and that process of healing step by step 
so when I went through my divorce, man, and and, and kind of began to spend more time with myself, I, I began going to therapy. And mm -hmm. and previously, my experiences with therapy were circumstantial. There was my family issues that I had. There were marriage issues. But, you know, one thing I heard, man, it, like, there's no such thing as, like, marriage issues. It's really husband issue, wife issue. You both bring your issues together, then they become marriage issues. So it's it's really that baggage that we just talked about earlier. You just bringing it and it and making it one big mess in a marriage. Right. Um so so what this forced me to do because wife was gone is now I had to deal dig through my trash, bro. And and so there you know, therapy was was tough, man. Because I, I look, it's a, it's a mirror, man. They asked they asked me a lot of questions that I wouldn't ask myself, mm -hmm. which made me think and made me process and made me step away from maybe the feelings that I felt and look at them uh, subjectively, and and to be able to parse through. You know, did you think about it this way? Did, what did you what did what if you looked at it this way? And because I, I think I'm a storyteller at the at the end of the day, uh, and when I say storyteller, I mean I tell myself stories um, that aren't necessarily always true, man. So like, even just when it comes down to like thinking the worst, I, I tend to lean towards man like the worst and things. And so um, as I talk about the childhood stuff, man, I think about some work that my therapist put me through, and it's called the inner. It's like inner child work. Mm. And so the concept of the, or how I conceptualize it is inside of every man and every woman is a child that was that had, you know, because our parents aren't perfect, because the people, the adults that are around us are imperfect. We are all imperfect. There were voids and there were there were things that we internalized that as rejection, as this and, and you know, as our emotions not being being heard. Um, I know. I'll give an example of my mom, like, like even, or, or I'll say just in general, like, boy, quit crying. Like you, that didn't hurt. You know what I mean? Yeah, like comments right. like that, yeah. that you say to a little child, that stuff sticks in some instances, or, or even just the concept of sticks and stones may break my bones. That Words That's a lie. Yeah. Words, Words hurt. hurt. Words <laughs> and, deep is a yeah. sword, bro. And for some people, they hurt worse than others. Mm -hmm. And so I think that ideology is, is, is false. Um, and, and to think that, because you were hurt as a child, that you you like you're not feeling it as a adult is a lie. However, what I'm learning now is like I am a man now, and I can reparent that child. That child that still lives in me, I can give that child what that child didn't get back then mm -hmm. as an adult. That's a fact. And I think that is the that's that real work, and that's hard work, and that has to happen. You know, once those feelings start coming back up, you really need to address and take a look at those. That's a fact, bro. I love it. I love it. So, um, we was talking a lot about the inner work that we do. Mm -hmm. um, we was talking a lot about just for forgiveness, hmm. um, generational healing. Yeah. For everybody that came on, you know, me and Jamie just hopped on a live. This is going to be live um, on our podcast coming soon. So, thank y'all for just tuning in. But um, now when it comes to the relationship aspect, mm -hmm. right? With my family. For your, with your family. Yeah. And those conversations. Right? Mm -hmm. Like, what was your mindset going in? Because I know there's probably some people on here that's never had that conversation with their dad. You know what I'm saying? And I realized, again, it's the leadership part. Mm -hmm. um, we have so many questions that we felt like was unanswered for years. No doubt. But I've learned the quality of your questions becomes the quality of the answers that you get in return. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we throw too much on people. Like, 
if you have a question for your pops or something like, yo, why weren't you ever there? Mm -hmm. That's your specific question because you want that specific answer in return. Right. I made a mistake in the past. I'm just dumping questions on them. I'm trying to give everything. Like, no. It's, it's like, like, a, like an interview, right? Exactly. But a step by step. <laughs> like, yo, I wanted you there all my life, yeah. but you weren't there. Mm -hmm. Why? What happened? Mm -hmm. Right? And then being okay with, it might not be the response that you want, right? And understanding that, but it's okay. Again, you was able to put yourself out there mm -hmm. in order to receive Right? Give them an opportunity. Sometimes you'll be like, ah, oh, people will never change, whatever the case may be. No, when you come into it saying, I, I need these answers mm -hmm. for me, for me. And sometimes, a lot of times, though, God is going to give you the answer before the person does. No right? doubt. No doubt. So, for you, how did you work through that process? I think for me, man, it, it came with humility. I think I had to lead with that. For me, I was away from my family, um, man, for about four to five years. And living in this, living five minutes from them, and didn't spend time with them. Um, again, some tension with my wife and with myself, and I never took a stand like I should have. Um, I kind of, similar to my childhood, I, I I was conditioned, and I how I moved as a child is I tried to please everybody. Right. Um, again, when I'm living with mom, I'm doing things this way to make sure I, you know, I'm following the rules in this house and in that house, and then I think. The tension that I always felt as a child of who I had to live with or who I wanted to live with, holidays where I would see my dad and wouldn't see my mom, I felt some of that same stuff because in the middle of crisis, there were some there there were some stance stances made where I had to choose family or my wife, um, and you know I think for me processing that it felt very similar to when I had to choose mom and choose dad. And from and I was just stuck. I didn't know what to do. I felt like a victim. Um, and, and then what I'm realizing now, bro, is I'm not a victim. Uh -huh. I have the decision. I have the choice. I have the power in my hand to make the choice that I believe is right, whether she agree or not, <laughs> or whether they feel as though, you know what I mean, but take a stand somewhere. And I think in, in the name of trying to appease and please, I just floated from back and forth. And so, but what, what I'm in now, man, is like I've really been intentional in spending time with my family and working to rekindle that relationship. It's kind of like the deadbeat dad situation, though, yeah. where there there were times when I tried to re-engage my family recently. And, you know, I'm trying to, like, just do too much. Like, nah, bro, like, you've been gone for five years. <laughs> like, just be here and be thankful that we, like, we letting you in. Mm -hmm. Don't try to come in and parent me. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it just, just if you think about that concept, and I know you've talked about your father, just if your dad came in and just like, here, son, let me show you how to do all this. Yeah. Like, nah, you ain't been here. Like, hold up. <laughs> yeah, hold on. And so I had an instance like that, man, and just trying to, like, what I'm realizing is relationship is art, man. Like, it's an, it, there's an art to it. Um, and, and I think a, a lot of people don't realize it. Um, and we just kind of just, we, 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 we got a stencil of how we do relationships when in reality, bro, like, it's, it's, yeah. like, it's freehand. Nice. <laughs> and, and, and I think awareness of, like, that element of my relationships and how my dad has an inner child that wants love, that needs love, and, and my, my stepmother and, and my siblings, like, they all have different ways of receiving and giving love and trying to understand and better understand and not judge how they may come off. But I'm trying to understand. And I think that's the difference in how I've approached my relationships 
as a recent. As a fact, seek to understand before you can actually be heard. No doubt. Right? And um, that's something that I've been working on. I'm glad you touched on relationships because mm-hmm. that's something I'm also talk about on my, in my podcast mm-hmm. um, later on. But um, I think we need to do better in regards to our relationships with people, right? Like, because of how society has been painted, because of how we've done relationships in our family, we forget the fact of, like you said, loving ourselves, but how we love in our neighbor, right? right? Like, how we really love in the people that's close to us, our friends, how we nurture in and, and, and well, excuse me, nurturing those relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm glad, like, you and I, bro, we speak probably at least once or twice a week. For sure. Whether it's sending each other um, a sermon to listen to, whether it's some good, you know, just, yo, bro, how you doing? Just check-ins. Because um, I think that's something that people need to be more intentional with, right? Mm-hmm. Like picking up the phone and calling and checking on somebody, seeing how they doing, seeing how their day is going, see what's going on in their lives. Because a lot of times the relationships, they're so transactional. We take, we <laughs> take, we give, we give, mm-hmm. rather than like, yo, I'm going to water you, you're going to water me, bro. So how have you been working on those relationships in your lives, you know, those friendships and nurturing those mm-hmm. and, and how has that helped you in your progression as well? So COVID's made it tough, obviously, like we're just getting together in person. Um, but I would say like, I'll use an example. My dad, man, he, he owns a barbershop here in Columbus and every Monday tomorrow, um, I go to the shop and I, I help him clean in the morning. Um, and so that was something that I committed to. It wasn't because somebody told me to. It was because I wanted to be intentional about creating some time with me and my dad, um, knowing that there's some repairing, there's some healing that needs to be done. And then also it's a way to serve my dad. Um, I'll say my siblings. I've been trying to at least hit them all once, once at least once a week. Um, I'm the out of sight, out of mind type dude typically. So those that are in my space and those that I value, I've been trying to be more intentional on like, even if it's just a text, even if it's just a message, um, creating time. Um, cause a lot of times we say we don't have, I, you know, I ain't got time. Like, no, you make, make time. time, make time, you it's make right. time. And so auditing <laughs> where I spend my time, um, has probably been like the first step. Um, and you know, I give time to work, give time to self, give time to the gym, Give time to prepping food, give time to friends, give time to family. And so I think almost like a budget (laughs) or almost like how you manage your meals. Like it's the same concept of like intentional and conscious decisions to to invest and to expend like some of your time and some of your energy. And I think, you know, not and and with no expectation of getting anything back and i think that is the difference that and and how i've approached relationships recently is like i don't need nothing from you like even if you don't answer my text i'm giving because that like my heart is right and if you don't if you take advantage of that or if you ignore that and don't want to receive that that's on you i reached out that's a fact. And I love that, bro, because I used to be that type of person, like, damn, I'm calling my friends, I'm hitting these people up, I'm sending, you know, good words of um, um, affirmation or just mm-hmm. letting them know you're loved, right? And it's like, damn, why aren't people doing that in return? But mm-hmm. I had to figure out what God placed in me. Mm-hmm. He might not have placed it in that person, but he placed it in me to, to be that lover, to be that giver, to be that kind heart. And it doesn't take anything from me when I'm doing it and not getting anything in return, For right? Sure. Because, yo, at the end of the day, um, 
the 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 world and and everything is listening and seeing what mm-hmm. we do, bro. Like everything that we put out there, trust and believe, like we're gonna get it back tenfold. It might not be right now, mm-hmm. but in the future, five to ten years from now, we're gonna always reap what we sow. And I was having this conversation about planting these seeds, mm-hmm. right? Plant the seeds. It's gonna be take. It's gonna take a while for it to really harvest, but you gotta plant the seeds. That's so it. you budgeting your time, you taking the time and investing in yourself. You're gonna be able to see it for what it is down the road. Down the road. Like you said, playing the long game. Um, And the last part I want to talk about that's very, very important and it's something that's been near and dear to my heart is forgiving people who has really, really hurt us, right? Mm -hmm. Like, yo, it's a lot of grudges that we might hold on to. There's a lot of situations where a person might have done us wrong in this moment because they was going through certain things. You feel me? And it's like, yo, how do you forgive let that go mm-hmm. and then work towards something better or you forgive let them go and you don't even, you can peace out right mm-hmm. so let's talk about that forgiveness piece when you you really just hurt you really disappointed you really t- like you you are tight mm-hmm. how do you move forward and kind of work through that process as well cuz in order to move forward and really truly love yourself you can't have really any hatred in your heart Nah, man, and, and and again, I would say that's the daily thing as well because there's people are always going to let you down facts and I think leading with empathy has been something that I've tried to do with people. Um, and I think the more and more I realize, I say the word depravity or how filthy I may be inside. Because I, I have some good qualities, but I also got some, some demons in me. You know what I mean? That, that, that are not of God and are not from God, but it's, it's the human element. It's, 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 it's who I am. And so the more I recognize how broken I am, minus God, without God, the more that I can extend that forgiveness to somebody else. Because what I see in them is no different than what's in me. And I I think in realizing that and offering that forgiveness, the forgiveness is not that you've heard this. It's not for them. It's for you. Right. And they say, what's the what's the quote about the poison? And forgiveness is like drinking a poison and expecting the other person to die. Like. I need to get this off my chest. What you do with it is on you. Right. I don't. I, I remember what you did, but I'm gonna forgive you. Um, there was a, a situation that happened recently where somebody got me off some money, man, and and, and it, it, it was a significant amount. And you know, for me, you trying to run up on them, bro. Nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't me, bro. And that ain't me. And that's happened to me a couple times because I am the nice guy. Yeah. yeah. Um. And, and so what I've tried to just step back is like, man, maybe he needed that. Uh, yeah. Maybe he needed the bread. Um, and, and, you know, at the end of the day, I can get more money. Yeah. But I also take it and know where you stand yeah. and know where I need to keep you that's um, because that's how you, that's what you want. But I ain't going to hold no grudge. I'm still dap you up. I'm still say hello. But uh, just know you you foul for that. Right. <laughs> just know that. And then I'm not going to keep harping on it, though, because at the end of the day, me showing grace and extending grace and showing that I still got love for you, bro, even though you did me wrong, that's that's the best example I think that you can give of Jesus yes. uh, to somebody else is how you forgive and how you love after somebody, one, when somebody doesn't deserve it. That is grace. That's a fact. That's a fact, bro. I appreciate all of this. So um, kind of finish off this episode and, and everything that we discussed with some last nuggets you want to leave with people from maybe your process of 2020 mm-hmm. and some nuggets and things that you feel like would be helpful for people as they're transitioning and working through 2021. I would say, man, take time for yourself. 
we keep talking about self-care, self-love, and we hear, you know, mental health is like a trending topic nowadays. Everybody want to talk about it, but really be about it. If, 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 and, and, and therapy, man, don't run from it. I say that to my fellow black men, like, and, and my spiritual and Christian black men, because I, I also understand there's a, there's a thought that, you know, I just pray it away. Like, yeah. that's probably, that's some of the stuff that I believe. Like, man, like, I got God. I don't need no therapist. But I again, we go back to God uses people. Yes. Um. You you'll go listen to a pastor preach. Like you got your Bible. You can go preach to yourself. Like no. Like there are people that have skills and, and have talents and have abilities to, you know, guide you through some of your healing process. And then there's also that homework and that self work that you do in journaling and reflecting and reading and uh and, and so. Take care of you, self-care. Um, and I'll also say, man, just look for the lessons. I think for me, you know, I've, I've been so forward focused and, you know, looking to make the next move, you know, you know, make the, the next shift in my life and go grasp and get this and go grasp and get that, man. And like, be present. Yeah. Be present. Um, and I think in being present, you can focus on that next step. Um, but if we looking all the way down the road, like and trying to, you know, get a, a take the step to get, to get you where you need to be a mile down the road, you like you need to focus on the the one foot in front of the other, and I think that's what that being present is about, um, because the past and the future don't exist. It's it's this right now. <laughs> yeah, and then, and the future is determined by your 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 steps um, in the present. So yeah. it's 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 a bunch of now. Like focus on now. Be where you're at now. Yo, that's real. I appreciate that, bro. And I want to leave y'all with one last lesson that I got um, last Monday. So I was driving back to Ohio. I was frustrated because my car, I got a little fender bender, so my car wasn't ready. Um, I had to jump on the highway with my rental car to be back by the following morning. So mm-hmm. I'm driving, bro. I'm going through PA snowstorm. I'm going through West Virginia snowstorm. I'm on the phone with my boy Ed, like, yo, bro, I'm pissed off right now. I'm mad. <laughs> I'm calling my mom. It's like, yo, mom, I'm pissed off right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I realized, right, I got off the phone with the both of them. I just turned on some music and I said, yo, God is with me. So what am I frustrated for? And I feel like a lot of things that we go through in life when we're in it, we're so upset, we're so mad, whatever case may be. And mm-hmm. I listened to a sermon the other day, Darius Daniels, um, and he talked about it's not like, yeah, you're going to be frustrated by the storm, but you're going to find peace that no God is with you in the boat. Mm-hmm. So when like, yo, I got here fine, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it was it was a it was a trotting storm. It was right. it was hard to get here. Yeah, I was frustrated in these moments, but I realized like, yo, God is in the boat. God is in the car with me right now, mm-hmm. and I find peace within that. So when you're frustrated, you feel like you're overwhelmed, and it's a lot of things that's going on. Understand, yo, God is always with us, bro. Control always. what you can control. Control what we can't control. I couldn't control the snow. <laughs> I couldn't control the car how, breaking down. It's like, yo, <laughs> I'ma just take this drive. Traffic. Right. Yeah, like I'ma just take this drive. I'ma get here. When I get here, it goes from there. And I think a lot of times we're so uh, mind boggled or so upset about the things that we cannot control. Mm-hmm. We can't control other people's actions. We can't cannot cannot control the weather. Mm-hmm. We can't control none of that, bro. Our, our response. That's it. That's all we got. <laughs> yo, what, what's the um um. What's the E plus O equals? Event plus response Response equals equals outcome. outcome. And so how you respond to the events that life presents you or life happens Mm -hmm. is going to determine the outcome that you have. That's a fact. And so your response is often tied to your attitude 
about that event. (laughs) And so responding above the line is going to give you a favorable outcome or at least a perspective that perceives that as favorable or a lesson, (laughs) a billionaire lesson. That's a fact. We got to just leave it right there. Um, It's been a while, like I said, that I recorded a podcast episode. So the link is in my my bio right now if you want to listen to past episodes. Me and Jamie, um, we're going to release this full, full conversation. Um, oh, yeah, you see us rocking our billionaire academy. Get you gear. some. Get you um, some. That's also in my bio. But, yo, send me DMs. Send me anything. Like, this year, I'm really tapping into the lives, videos. I, mean, I might even download a TikTok, something, to really just tap into some good conversations. Bust so, it challenge? Nah. <laughs> yeah, thank you all for just... Tapping in, looking, you know, and um, hopefully this word and this conversation did something for all of y'all. And I'm out of here.